Our US Open coverage is sponsored by AG1. AG1 is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. And as part of our US Open coverage, Joel and I are taking a little AG1 challenge of our own and we'll be updating you on our AG1 journey and how it's improving our health and wellness. So Joel, we've got started. How are you finding it? I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit sceptical at first, but I got my flask, put one scoop in, added water, shook it all about. And do you know what? It actually tastes pretty good. Yeah, I was surprised because normally the healthier something is, the worse it tastes. But for me, what I like is I've got a cupboard of vitamins that it's been able to replace. So that's just one product I can take in the morning. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash tennis weekly. That's drinkag1.com forward slash tennis weekly. Check it out. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris. On today's US Open preview, sponsored by AG1. Alcaraz faces a potential Sinner rematch. Goff lands in Sviontek's quarter. And Tsitsipas draws a round one nightmare in Milos Raonic. Kim, Chris, today is the 24th of August and we are here to catch up on the US Open draws at Tennis Weekly HQ. The final Grand Slam of the season is here and after back-to-back Masters in Canada and Cincinnati to get us in the mood, it is now time for the main event in Flushing Meadow. How hyped are we about this? I'm super excited because it does almost feel like the summer's just gone by in a blur since Wimbledon, but we're back together Final Grand Slam of the year. Um, I've downloaded my TV subscription now so I can watch it every second of it. <laughs> Almost every second. And yeah, I'm raring to go. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm pretty excited. I think the back-to-back Masters, I mean, it's a lot to contend with. I think I needed maybe one more week to fully get myself back in it. But um, it felt like predictions came too soon for this, but they always come too soon. So why not embrace it and, and let's go? I know it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it's almost like snuck up on me in a little bit, and I'm almost like I'm almost still out of breath. I think from the back-to-back masters that we've just had. But we're going to be doing our US Open preview. We're going to be looking at the men's draws and the women's draws quarter by quarter. We're going to be doing and unveiling our collector set player picks, and we're also going to be unveiling Chris our predictions, which I know you're excited about because. Of course, last time we had our our, uh, Grand Slam preview, it was Wimbledon. There was a lot of chat aimed towards you Mm. about Coco Goff. Yes. And you you feel like you were almost like ahead of the curve there, I think, given the summer she's just had. I saw some changes and I think she just had the worst draw at Wimbledon. So I did did the apology tour last time, but I think now I'm taking it back. And and those um, of our listeners who like to sometimes politely and slightly... Uh, in a less than um, polite manner, r- uh, remind me of my choice during the tournament. <laughs> um, this time, um, I think it's safe to say that anyone who predicts Coco Goff would just be following in my footsteps. You've trailblazed the Goff prediction, Chris. Unless she does badly, then I have to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, she's definitely one of the form players of the tournament. And we just had the two draws announced. What's quite weird, though, about these US Open draws is that they are not live streamed it's almost like 
going back to the dark ages and kind of clicking refresh on a screen and then bang both the drawers have appeared which is all very feels all very kind of smoke and daggers and, and not really that, that transparent does it really did anyone witness the draw happen? Because I always remember, like, the Guinness Book of Records, someone has to turn up to officiate. I'd like someone to a picture, <laughs> something, a video afterwards. Um, they just appear on Twitter. I'm convinced Novak Djokovic is... Someone from his team must have been in on that draw sheet, given what has come out. It's just nice to see him on a draw sheet in the US Open. <laughs> well, that is that is the case. I thought they would put a bit more pomp and ceremony behind it because I think, you know, they love a bit of a spectacle. Some um, but hey-ho, the main thing is we do have a draw and we will be delving into it. Um, let's start with the men's draw. We'll get on to Djokovic in a bit. He's, he's the number two seed, so is right at the bottom. Um, but at the top, we do have Carlos Alcaraz as the top seed. He has a very interesting quarter because he may have Yannick Sinner, which would be a potential rematch. Um, Sinner-Alcaraz, it's the, it's the new rivalry that, that Wimbledon so um, avidly... Do you think that's what we're going to get, like looking at this section of the draw? Are we on for an Alcaraz-Sinner quarter? Ooh, I think Carlos Alcaraz has, has been dealt quite a tough hand here in the draw that he has got. I mean, yes, you could have Yannick Sinner. Um, you could have Daniel Medvedev also in his um, you know, semi-final potentially. I don't think maybe there are as many tricky opponents for him earlier on, but certainly getting into week two and beyond, I think he's got quite a tricky path on him if he wants to defend his, his US Open crown. And Chris, um, do you think that there's any potential difficulty with, I don't know, he's got Dan Evans, for example, third round potential. Evans, obviously, Washington DC champion. Um, do you think there's any possibility that Alcaraz could have any like early slip-ups? You know, he's got Kurt for first round, maybe Bottich, Van der Zandtrup, second round. Dan Evans, third round. Is, is there any um, shocks that could, uh, you know, arise looking at that draw? Well, I mean, as as you pointed out, there's going to have to be someone from the Netherlands or from Great Britain um, who's going to do it. Norrie's obviously in there. And I think that probably somebody who does have like um, quite a good head to head against um, Alcaraz has, has had a win against him this season is Norrie. I think someone like Evans who has a lot of variety in his play and um, probably the fact that Evans had not a great run after that title might mean we could get a repeat. You know, the better he does the week before, normally the worse he does in the slam. Um, but based on what we saw in that final um, that you talked about on the last podcast, I mean, it was tennis on another another planet. Um, so when we talk about tough draws, I think as far as draws go, uh, this is not looking particularly tough if you're a Carlos Alcaraz. Um, if it was, if you were, you know, a, a Zverev struggling for form um, in this part of the draw, I think it could be pretty tricky. Like um, Vukic here is obviously someone who's had some good form, isn't seeded. Um, and I think it's more about who who's going to make up the numbers when it comes to round three and four rather than who's going to get out of this section. There's a notable presence of British players in this section. We've got Evans and Norrie and also Andy Murray in this section, unseeded. He opens against Corentin Mute. Joel, you're a big Andy Murray fan. Any concerns with that draw for Andy? Well, I mean, he, you know, obviously he pulled out of, of Cincinnati and there's going to be some injury concerns there I think he has been training this week and I'm not under the impression he's gonna withdraw from the tournament but it's always not great I think when as I said there's a little bit of doubt in in the build-up I mean Mute is is you know he can be handy on his day I think he reached the fourth round of the US Open last year he's not had a great run of form um since Wimbledon so 
that is a little bit of uh, a bit of a boost, I think, for Murray. But um, yeah, I'm sort of a little bit. It's a little bit, I think, disappointing because you obviously had those grand ambitions of getting seeded in time for New York. Those haven't materialised, and I think he's been a little bit lucky in terms of where he's landed in the draw. I think this is quite a nice spot, but I'd say given those injury, I think doubts that are lingering at the moment. You know, in terms of like an abdominal strain. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more glass half empty rather than glass half full. But do the seedings matter, Joel? Everyone's always fixated on whether someone will get a seeding and then turns out Murray's actually got... And I think I always think Murray gets a bit lucky with draws. I think Sitsipas was quite a good draw at Wimbledon. Unfortunately, that didn't quite materialise. If you're going to have one of the top players, I mean... Uh, I don't know. between Dimitrov and Zverev, two players he doesn't have a bad record against, that's not a bad draw when you could have Djokovic or Alcaraz look, in round one. That is that is not a bad draw if you're an unseeded player. But as I say, you're left up to the draw gods you know, when these are made. So it very easily could have been like, I don't know, it could have been Alcaraz round one or Novak Djokovic round one. So I think if you give yourself a seeding, it's more of a sure thing as opposed to being unseeded. It's all about the wild card on the women. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I think um, Andy's draw is, is better here than actually at Wimbledon. Um, mm-hmm. But... We'll, we'll see. I think Andy Dimitrov second round will be quite tasty. Um, but just going back to Alcaraz, you know, he's got Sinner quarterfinal, protected matchup. He would then have Medvedev in the semifinal if the seedings go to plan because Medvedev is in this half of the draw as well in, in the sort of second quarter. Um, quite a lot of top Russians here. We've got Medvedev, Rublev, also Hatchinov. Uh, they're sort of headlining this section. I mean, when I was trying to go through and make my predictions, I, it was hard to see against, you know, Medvedev as, as a former champion and also like maybe Rublev making the quarter because he's so sort of consistent at getting to that stage. But there are some also some unseeded individuals who, you know, would normally or previously have been seeded as well. So, Chris, is there anyone in particular that you think could uh, pose a challenge to one of those uh, top Russians in this draw? Well, not to give too much away, but um, there's a certain Frenchman who's had a bit of a career resurgence in the last sort of three to three months, probably, in, in Gail Monfils. Arthur Rindenek. Arthur Rindenek, yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Benjamin oh. Adrian Manorino? Yes. <laughs> well, Manorino has. That's you, Manorino you, is, that, you can yeah. make that claim to be yeah. fair. Manorino is the 22nd seed. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that is pretty um, impressive. I mean, the fact that um, Ugo Umber is seeded when he doesn't really win unless it's on the the challenger circuit. I he think he's also win. <laughs> quite questionable. Exactly. Um, no, so I think there are a few people in there. Obviously, we have John Isler playing his last tournament. I mean, that would be when you are playing your last tournament, you can do some really amazing things. You can really be inspired and never count him out when you've got to serve like that. I think also in the mix, I think we've got to give a special mention to Max Purcell, who I saw is the only player ranked in the top 50 for singles and doubles at the moment. So he's had a great run of form. He will be high on confidence. He doesn't have to qualify here. He's in the quarterfinals this week of Winston-Salem. So looking forward to that, if he gets a matchup with Medvedev, that could be pretty tricky. Yeah. I think that would be very tasty, a very uh, early challenge, I think, for Medvedev um, in his US Open campaign. I mean, Andre Rublev has also Emil Rissovori in the first round. And I know we took look at Rublev as this sort of uh, you know pinnacle of consistency up to quarterfinals at a Grand Slam. But um, on the tour at the moment, yeah, he's had a few odd results, I feel. And uh, I think Rissovori first up is also quite a, could be quite a challenge for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... The other question I have in this section is, poor Jack Draper, you know, he had to retire. Will he be playing? He had such a good run last year. And I, 
I don't think it's a good idea him being in the main draw best of five it's just dro- dropped out of of um you know retired i think against greek spore in, in winston-salem i'm almost kind of like take yourself out of the draw i mean he's, he's, there's obviously still time for him to withdraw but i just don't think he should be putting his body through best of five set tennis if it can't come through can't, best well, of three set tennis in, one set. in winston-salem yeah, exactly yeah. and then one question i also had was we need to give a special mention to alexander de Menard. kim i think that's a a player who's been showing some pretty good form. Could he upset some of the Russians in this section, do we think? Good record against Medvedev. Yeah, my bugbear with Alex de Menor, I mean, it's not really a bugbear. It doesn't personally doesn't keep you up. on me. <laughs> it doesn't keep it me up It sounds like it does, though. <laughs> Is I just feel whenever he gets up against, you know, a top, top player, someone of a Grand Slam winning calibre, you know, Medvedev is of that. Um, he just sort of will succumb sort of like four, slam. four and three. Mm. Mm, he needs to go that extra notch and I'm not sure he's there yet. But he is the 13th seed. He's got a actually decent draw, I would say, um, in the early rounds. And yeah, I mean, I think I think it's an interesting section. Hubert Herkaj as well. I'd love to see Hubert go on a deep run at Aslam. I, Should I have beaten really Djokovic would. at Wimbledon. Like the most ridiculous serving performance I can remember, I think, mm, and in he's like still the lost. Grand Slam of recent times. And he's still lost, I know. No, it's, it's, um, it's, I just wanted to... I just wanted to ask you, Chris, you mentioned John Isner. Mm. This is going to be his last ever tournament. He put out on social media that he's effectively retiring after this, um, after this tournament, after this Grand Slam. What, what were your thoughts when he, he announced that? Were you, were you sad? Were you kind of relieved because, you know, we don't have to sit through all those servathons again? What was your kind of overall feeling when you heard that news drop? I think it made a lot of sense. I did think he probably would be retiring. So I wasn't particularly shocked by it. I think he's been someone who's been such a constant presence on the tour. Um, I think he's well liked. I think he plays in the great spirit of the game. And I think when he does do well, people are genuinely happy in a way that uh, a lot of people who could class as a serve bot, people aren't always thrilled at those results. So he's given a lot on the tennis court and especially that epic match um, at Wimbledon, uh, that most longest match ever. Um, so I think he will be remembered for lots of things. I mean, he picked up some Masters titles, um, former world number eight. Um, and then even in 2022, the historic Sunshine doubles Masters um, doubles. So that is something um, that I think is kind of a nice a nice thing that he's contributed on the singles and doubles court. But a well-liked player who I think is going to go out um, in style. And I think he um, deserves a, a really good send-off. And uh, let's look at the second half of the draw because we've got Kasparud and Holgaruna as our sort of top two seeds, a very Scandinavian quarter, uh, also very American quarter because we've got a lot of the uh, home favourites, Tommy Paul, Francis TFO, JJ Wolf, Ben Shelton, also floating around in this section, Seb Corder as well. And Marcus also, Giron. Yeah, Marcus Giron. Also, Manorino, uh, as we mentioned earlier, he is there <laughs> at number 22 in the seedings. Um, Rune has got Carballes Baina. Um, Chris, you are Danish based, you know, big fan of Holger Rune. Been struggling a bit of injury of late. Do you think. You know, do you think Rune could go on a bit of a run here? Like looking at his draw, do you think he's got an, an all right draw where he could sort of build his way into the tournament, taking it a bit more gently to begin with? Yeah, I think um, opening round, um, you've got to be physically fit to get past a Spaniard. I think they always try and um, play lots of long rallies. I think that's pretty fair to say. So it will be an initial test. Um, if you are a bit injured, you are going to try and keep the points short. 
So I'd like to see a slightly more aggressive Holger Rune here than we have seen potentially at some of the the previous slams of the season where he's kind of struggled through. It's never been um, him playing his best tennis. It's always kind of been these five set matches, which I kind of thought we'd have left behind in 2023. I thought they would have been maybe a 2022 before his breakout results. So I think for me, I'd love to see him um, play well if he's fit. Um, and kind of take destiny into his own hands a bit. We see these crazy videos of him training, and I just want him to replicate some of that intensity um, in the results on the match court, because two quarterfinals this year is great, but I think we all thought maybe he'd have gone one better at one of the slams. So um, it's a good draw. Um, I think Tommy Paul would be a tricky customer. Uh, if you are going to make a semi-final, this is probably the most open, I would say, of the of the men's draw. So yeah, why not? I was just going to ask, in terms of Runa, do you feel like he's been pushing his body too hard recently, given the injury troubles that, that we've seen him? And, uh, you know, his body is almost just sort of breaking down. And again, going into like best of five set tennis, I'm not I'm not convinced he's maybe got the, the physicality at the moment to, to go on deep run, even if his talent suggests otherwise. I think he do does. Do you think he's in a bit of the jack draper vein like they're, they're both quite young and they're sort of still developing their bodies and working out what is a sort of optimal it's not as amount. bad as jack draper no that that's sort of but more extreme I, I, get, I totally yeah. get it yeah i i i, I wouldn't yeah I, I could see similarities there but yeah i think for me this part of the season you know late part of the calendar year it is a time when you know bodies can you know have aches and pains and result in in time off you know time off the tour and uh i think with runa we've we've sort of been just sort of stopped a little bit um the momentum given yeah i think like his body not working to what he wants it to let's not get ahead of the game though i'd say i think he's obviously retired kind of once um in this recent period um he did obviously make the quarterfinals wimbledon i think to be honest, it's that thing where he's he's in the best physical shape that he can be so much, but he is training so hard. So I guess that is the question. Um, when he did sort of um, pull out of that match, the next day you see him doing practice sets and you think, goodness, like that's no days off even for the injury. So that would just be my question about, do you sometimes need to get something to heal properly before you go back into the same level of intensity? But um, yeah. I, I don't think he's a Jack Draper quite yet. <laughs> less is more isn't it and Set I mean Corda. Petra Kvitova well, yeah. for training Casper <laughs> <laughs> Rude um you know he's gonna be hoping to replicate his final we will all go better you know from last year otherwise he'll be losing a lot of points um he's got an all right draw to be honest he could face Corda in the third round could be a TFO fourth round but I be- think JJ Wolf could be quite a tricky one in round oh, two okay. if that materializes Joel, um, come on i think that's tricky i i think jj wolf could spring a surprise there you know home crowd terrible hair terrible. in part but um no i do i do love a mullet actually every every now and then well, he's but, had um, it so long it's back in fashion tricky. the mullet hasn't he it's now the people. <laughs> is that john jeffrey is that jj's john jeffrey is that what it I stands think that's for? what it is yes. yeah i i've got rude we call i him think john rude jeffrey instead could... that's quite funny john jeffrey wolf <laughs> John Jeffrey Wolf, right? Um, I've got Rude. I think could go out early here. I'm not going to lie. You can't bet against him, Joel. Honestly, we've learned this before. He had no form going to the French. <laughs> he made the final. He's got no form coming into this. He's going to make the final, surely. It's one or the other. It is one or the other. Exactly. What do you think about Dominic Team? You know, I saw him play quite well against Sitsipas at Wimbledon. He is playing Bublik first round. He's unseeded, but he is a former champion. 
do you think he can try and get a few slam wins under his belt? It's been so long since we've seen him do well at a slam. I, I mean, is there any hope? He hasn't played on hard yet, has he? I don't think I've seen him play a result on, on hard courts. I think his last one was over in Austria in the clay season. So that sort of preparation that that speaks to doesn't tell me he's going to be a potential threat here. Um, mm. I mean, I don't think he'd be a, a threat threat, but I just thought, you know, he might get uh, might get a few wins or, uh, I don't know, maybe le- he's definitely going down the less is more route uh, and not trying to practice at all. He's had a couple of <laughs> a month off almost. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's tricky, isn't it, Joel? We, we're on different sides here. You want to be the optimist. I just think something's got to change upstairs in order for him to be able to get back to the top. Yeah, and I want to be an optimist, but when I look at Alexander Bublik in round one, I still think that's on Bublik's racket. Dominic team may come out with the victory, but I think that would be a case of Bublik potentially going walkabout at, at some point he in the match. He can go walkabout for two sets and still win three set match for Bublik. Well, exactly. Um, so I, I think I still think that's a very tall order for Dominic team in, in round one, particularly given he's not really had much hardcore action of late. Um, and yeah, Bublik is, you know, he's had, he's having a very good season. You know, was, that match he had against Rublev at Wimbledon, uh, you know, just showed, I think, the level he can play Should've to. Won that. I think we've... He should have won that. I think we've seen a more mature version of him this season. Yes, he's still the entertainer, but I think, you know, with Wimbledon, I think he showed that, you know, he should harbour hopes of, you know, deep runs at Grand Slams. If he put, if he can put his mind to it, um, I think he can accomplish more than what, what his career highlights so far have suggested. Absolutely. And I was going to say in this section, we haven't necessarily um, given a couple of players necessarily the airtime yet. Um, that's not Manorino, and I'm looking for a French name, can't find one. <laughs> but um, in terms of the American hope, so obviously Francis TFO had that breakthrough tournament last year, and Tommy Mo- Tommy Paul had a hardcore breakthrough at the start of this year. Out of those two, I was going to ask you, who do you think, um, excluding Taylor Fritz for this conversation, in this section has the most likelihood of getting out of the section? Seb Corder. I've Corder, yeah. I think he might spring a surprise and, and have a bit of a run here. No. Kim, Are we I, Kim, I was joking. Is, Kim, is he, I was oh, joking. Okay. <laughs> that was I a joke. I just think it's been, it's been a while. Okay, my joke filters are clearly off this evening. It's been a while <laughs> since Corder's like been That's talked the about. <laughs> yeah, so it always, like Von Drusova hadn't been talked about. Okay, yep. Then she won Wimbledon. So maybe okay. I'm just... He's got the yeah. game. I yeah. think it's Tommy Paul. I personally think it's Tommy Paul. I think he's so under under the radar. And even at his home tournament, I think he will still be under the radar. But I think this is a good quarter for him. I think the tricky thing is he could have Davidovich Fakina in round three. And, and I, you just don't know what Davidovich Fakina can turn up. He's, again, a little bit like a, a Bublik who's right next to him in the draw in terms of he's got so much talent and potential. And if he puts his mind to it again, it can take him further than, you know, I think what we what we see in, you know, in his in his career so far. So, again, that could be quite a tricky round three matchup for Tommy Paul. So we're saying Seb Corder and Tommy Paul for this section. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, no one's talking about Ben Shelton. Ben Shelton seems to be the... The biggest thing since sliced bread in in America, I think, right um, now, over over the last few months. Sharing the court with Roger Federer and Eager on the on-running promotion yeah. day. I mean... But he's not had great matches on the tour. He's not really put a string of victories together to make you think, 
oh my god this is you know when's his his breakout his breakout moments around right around the corner but again this part of the draw feels open enough that you could if could you're be him, an american story yeah, yeah exactly what about learner teen of uh, america he's in on a wild card so who knows um let's quickly look at the last quarter of the draw Do we have which to, where Kim? Do we have to? Yeah, well, there's not maybe much to say about this quarter, perhaps. Novak Djokovic resides there as the second seed. And he's got a very straightforward draw, I think. Um, quite a few qualifiers. He's opening against Alexandra Muller of France. Looking at that draw, I don't see anyone who's going to challenge him. Uh, the nearest sort of top name would be Felix Ojeda-Sim in the fourth round. He's been in terrible, dire form. Yeah. And then he would have a potential quarter with either it lightly. Sitsipas or Fritz as the quarter, neither of whom are also having the greatest of, of times on tour. Do you think this is an absolute certainty that Djokovic will sail through this section? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> One word <laughs> answer, just yes. Oh, shall we move on to the women's draw? No. It's really hard. <laughs> Guys, can you either of you try and make an argument of of Djokovic not coming out of this quarter? A line judge getting hit in the throat. Is that is that how we're getting? <laughs> is that like it's either that or you know withdrawal or retirement? There are no yeah, players. Maybe that's yeah, it. That Yuri Vesely. is residing. Or maybe one of the qualifiers that we don't know who haven't haven't been placed yet. That could be it. Um, I don't think Ethan Quinn on the wild card will be the one to do it, but maybe mm. we see how many sets will he drop? He, as we talked about before, um, we started recording, he loves to drop a set against someone that he can beat easily. So will it be in the first round against Muller or will it be against Quinn or Zapata Morales? Which one do we think? Any sets dropped? Laszlo Gere, third round on a tie break. First set? Mm, yes. Miller first set round one. I think second set. <laughs> okay, here we go. That's the real competition here. This is a real like niche prediction now. I mean, looking at the other people in the draw, Felix Ogier Aliasim is playing Mackenzie McDonald first round. I think McDonald might I might agree. get that one actually. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Christopher Eubanks. What do you what do you what do you guys think of Christopher Eubanks? Do you think he'll back up what he did? Um, you know, at Wimbledon, you know, fairy tale run for him. Now it is home slam. Could you see him going on a similar deep run that he did um, at SW19? I'll at the end of the podcast and I'll tell you. Um, I, I maybe have him going a little bit of a distance here, but um, someone who I don't think is going to go a bit of a distance would be Stefanos Tsitsipas. I think that's, okay. that's yeah. a very tricky round one. Rayonic. Milos Rayonic. It's awful. Versus Tsitsipas. It's possibly the worst. Is it worse than Andy Murray? Guess Tsitsipas. Is it the worst first round matchup for a top seed in this draw? Oh, it could be. I mean, Alexi Popperin in second round after that is not even, that's not even that easy either. That's not easy either. That's true. I mean, yeah, maybe I'd say Max Purcell would be the one I wouldn't want to see first round, slightly more mm. than Milos. But He's Milos in great is, form. Yeah, Milos's serve would be make that always a worrying encounter. It's, it's, it's got night session, three tie breaks. Roundich winning in four. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'd oh, love to see it. Who do we think is going to come through that one, Kim? Uh, well, I have gone for Sitsipas in my prediction, so okay. I think he's still okay. going to have the edge. Actually, I've got to backtrack that. I just remembered I've got Sitsipas in my predictions as well. You can't well. have it both ways, Joel. I'm having it both ways. I don't think Sorry. I have. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let loose on this section. You know, I think this is wide open. Well, speaking of predictions, let's make some. Um, let's go through our quarterfinals. So. Um, Let's start with the first quarter and 
I want uh, you both to tell me um, who you've got as your matchup. So first quarter, Joel. Alcaraz versus Sinner. Chris? I've got Alcaraz versus Sinner. I've also got Alcaraz versus Guys, Sinner. Complete agreement. It's never happens. <laughs> What's the Wimbledon poster got? Alcaraz, Alcaraz versus, versus Sinner. Sinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate rivalry. Yeah, apparently. absolutely. Of all time. Yep. Um, right, quarter two. Joel? Medvedev versus Herkaj. Ooh, Chris? Ooh, Medvedev Monfils. Okie doke. I've got Medvedev Hatchinov. Gone for an all Russian mm, okay. affair. Uh, yeah. Quarter three, uh, Chris? I've gone for my boy, Casper Rude. It's got to be versus Tommy Paul. Ooh, lots of love for Tommy Paul. I've, Joel? I've just been looking, sorry, I've just been looking at that. Rue, Rue Paul? Rude Paul? Rude Paul. There's, got, there's yes. a joke. Yes. There's Drag a joke race. there somewhere. Yeah, there is. I can there's see a joke that. there somewhere. Yeah, but who's going to win that race? I'm going for an all-American quarterfinal. Francis Tiafo versus Tommy Paul. Oh, well, I've gone for Seb Corder versus Holger Runa, okay, so I've Kim, gone completely different. We need to do a wellness check on you, Kim, because I'm worried about that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Were you of sound mind and body when you made that prediction? Well, you normally all predict Rune to win the title, okay, so I, I was expecting one back. of you to, you know. Yeah, you do have the I best track I'd record with predictions. Keep the Rune aside going. Uh, quarter four, Joel. Sissipas versus Djokovic, but I'm already regretting saying that because I actually think Raonic is going to win in round one. And Chris? Well, hopefully, Joel, collect us that you can make up for that. I'm going to go Eubanks, Djokovic. Eubanks, get into the quarters. Amazing. Okay, um, I'm going Sissipas, Djokovic as well. So I'm going kind of fairly standard. So, Joel, do you want to just tell us who you've got in your semis, final and champion? So my semis, Alcaraz, Medvedev, Tiafo, Djokovic... I'm going with the final. The final everyone wants, I feel, Alcaraz Djokovic. But I think it's going to be a reversal from the Wimbledon men's final. And I've got Novak Djokovic as your champion. Ooh, okay. Well, I've gone very similar, actually. I've gone Alcaraz Medvedev and then Barun Djokovic. And I've got an Alcaraz Djokovic final with also Djokovic winning. I think he's going to get the better of Carlos this time. But Chris, have you got anything different? Ooh, so Kim's gone with the seeds, exactly. One to four C. Uh, have I really? Yeah, I think oh, you have. God, I, oh, I did that without even realising. I think you have. I think predictable Kim is the number four. So yeah. She does sometimes do this, <laughs> and that's maybe why she has success. But um, I have gone for Alcaraz Medvedev as well, so I can't really speak. And then I've gone for the number five seed. I've gone for Casper making the semis, taking on Djokovic. And then I've gone for Alcaraz Djokovic. But I think that loss will really inspire him from Cincinnati. I think it was so close that over five sets, the boy does not give up. Alcaraz is going to take it. Well, I believe I'm it. looking forward to seeing if that does materialise. We can't all say Djokovic, can okay. we? We're all saying Alcaraz Djokovic in the final. Mm. If One final question to you both. What's the one thing stopping us getting that final? That's a really difficult question. Um, Injury. Injury, freak accident, falling over, slipping on the court. The end of you the think world it's that nailed on? The end of Do you the world think it's that it? nailed yeah. on? Yeah. I think physical injury um, would be, or if we see intense heat, you know, really awful cramping and physical mm. conditions, um, then it's sort of battle of the fittest to come through. But I do think it's a very high percentage chance we'll get this final. Um, on that note, we're taking a quick break now. But do join us in the second half where we'll be doing exactly the same and looking at the women's draw, making our predictions there and also revealing our collect set player picks for this year's US Open. So do not go anywhere. 
Our US Open coverage is sponsored by AG1. AG1 is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash tennis weekly. That's drinkag1.com forward slash tennis weekly. Check it out. Welcome back to the Tennis Weekly podcast, sponsored by AG1. And now we're going to move on to looking at the US Open women's draw for 2023. With Iga Sriontek headlining the women's draw at the top. She is the number one seed. She's the defending champion, world number one. She hasn't won either of the warm-up events. Um, she's got to the semis in both, so still in decent form. Looking at her draw, do you think that she is on a good trajectory to defend her title or do you think she might be stopped uh by someone by the name of coco goff perhaps who also is in her quarter joel you're nodding along is that in yeah. agreement or again i think you know she's got a few like looseners in the early rounds but um you never know i think she could face yelena ostapenko or kudometeva in, in round four if that is someone like an ostapenko you just don't know what tennis you're going to see from her on that day and i think she could cause Iga Sviantec some problems, but I think fans again want to see a Sviantec Goff quarterfinal. It's almost a bit of a shame that I think they are in the the same quarter, but the fact that Goff got that win over Sviantec in Cincinnati over the world number one it adds a level of intrigue and spice that I don't necessarily think was there before because it was also one-sided to Igish Fiontech and I think the story for me in this quarter is what are we going to see from Coco Goff because I think we know what we're going to see from Igish Fiontech but the way that Goff and her summer has panned out so far who's to say that she couldn't upset the apple cart and go on to defeat the world number one again yeah, can she do it at Grand Slam? I think is the big question if they meet in that section. Um, Coco Goff has, some, well, she's got a qualifier first round. We're not sure who that is yet. Um, she she could play Mira Andreva in the second round, which Danielle would be a real Collins battle third of round. the youngsters. Yeah, Danielle Collins could be a third round. I mean, Goff and Andreva played each other, I think, in, in the French Open. And, and Andreva took that first set before like Goff steamrolled it in in, yep. in two and three. So um, again, it's a, another fascinating battle. I'd love I'd love to see a, a second part. Well, I just think, yeah. Joel, on this Coco Goff comments, you talked about her summer. Can you admit now that Wimbledon was just a flash in the pan and inspired Sophia Kennan? Can we just please say that? Because so I could see there were change. I genuinely could at the time. And I think that the forehand is so improved. But as Kim says, under the under the biggest pressure of a Grand Slam quarterfinal, where people are genuinely expecting her to maybe beat Eager if they were to face off, will a new technique on the forehand hold up in that moment? And that is for me is the big question because we've all seen she's got the game for it, but what she hasn't always had is the mentality for it. Um, and winning matches in straight sets like she did so so well across the summer. Um, rather than getting kind of dragged out to these three set matches, that's one thing. But when you haven't got that slam, um, that would be my question. And um, I'm actually probably erring on the side of caution here because with great kind of expectation comes a, a really big challenge for someone. I mean, she is very mature for 19, um, but she also really wants this. And I think that can be at times a bit of a, a barrier as well as the expectation. 
Do you see there being any obstacles of Coco Goff getting to that point? Because you mentioned there's Daniel Collins. There's also a returning Jen Brady. Patrick Kvitova. Uh, as well. Even Caroline Wozniacki. Who, know, who knows there? Um, do you think, like, we still got to take it one match at a time? We can't just assume we're going to see a kind of Goff Shriontek in the, in the quarter? I mean, I learned last year, and I think we both learned last year, that when it came down to predictions, Taylor, Taylor um, Fritz was a real key player of the summer he had fantastic form and he actually said himself he thought he was going to win the title thought he could win the title not that he would and then he went out in the first round and so I think you have to see no first round of a slam is easy and I think Serena said that as well that you know there's no easy rounds no easy matches Um, and I think she has to take that approach because um, you can't get ahead of yourself because everyone could play tennis and everyone is their most inspired when they play at slam so it could be an upset in the first round and I wouldn't be completely shocked by it but I think if she makes it through some of the earlier rounds I think she could have a really deep run yeah and we've got um, a wild card of the name Caroline Wozniacki in this section what are your expectations for her you know in her first slam back we saw you know Avelina Svitolina have an absolutely brilliant Wimbledon after coming back she hasn't been out you know Wozniacki's been out longer than Svitolina but do you think she can come back with a, a real impact or you know what are you Joel, you're not looking confident as I'm saying this. What I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough against a qualifier. We don't we don't know who that qualifier is at the moment, but certainly a player who's come through three matches already against Caroline Wozniacki. I think that's going to be that could be quite challenging. There's quite a few handy players in that that still in the qualifying draw. So I think we'll have to wait and see. But I think it could be quite a challenge and it's not going to get any easier because she could face Petra Kvitova in round two. And I quite like to see that happen because that's a very old school matchup. But um, I think with a qualifier who's got matches already under their belt, I think it it could be quite tricky. Yeah, I think with with the Wojnacki comeback, I haven't kind of aired this on the podcast yet, but I do have questions because... I really felt like her career peaked when she won that slam, when she answered all the critics of being a slamless number one, won the title. And the nature of her game is that it is a lot about retrieving. So in returning age 33, like you have to be a bit more aggressive because you might be the fittest 33 in the world, but it is a very physical game that she has. And so that would be my question is that when it comes down to some of these matches, she's got to adapt her game to be a bit more aggressive in order to be able to come have the impact that she she did have on the tour. Because um, we did see players like Hallett when she was playing. Um, you know, if you don't have enough on the ball, it's very hard to kind of get those results on a consistent basis. So I would love to see that second round match, but I do think Jennifer Brady is probably going to come through that part of the draw because she was mighty impressive in her return so far. Yeah, Jen Brady, yeah, obviously she was in fantastic form about two years ago, wasn't she? Um, yeah, she's been to the semi-finals here before. Yeah, and the Australian Open final, I believe it was. So it would be great to see her, yeah, get back to that that form and, and have the results. Um, let's look at the second quarter because here we've got Elena Rabakina as the fourth seed, um, sort of headlining this section of the draw. She's had, you know, uh, quite a tiring time of late. Obviously, she she had to retire in um, Cincinnati after her late night double kind of matches in uh, Canada. She's got quite a tough open, I think, against Marta Kostuk. And then she's got, you know, the likes of Azarenka, Belinda Bencic, Saronika Steyer in her section. That That's not easy. And then if she gets through all that, it would be either like Carolina Mukova, 
um, potentially as her quarterfinal opponent. Um, Chris, where are your eyes drawn when you look at this section of, of the draw with all those names in? Well, I'm just looking at Sloane Stevens, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, I mean, you have to really. I think she's playing really well again. Um, and the US Open, she plays fantastically. She just got herself through against Mira Androva in Cleveland. She's playing some very solid tennis. Um, and we've seen that to beat her at the US Open, it takes a very good player. Like had Meyer in round one? I, I wouldn't say that that's a set in stone loss in any way. I think Sloane probably could take that in two, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am I am thinking that there are some opportunities here for players such as Sloane. I think Mukova, there's a great opportunity in this section. Um, obviously, drawing a potential fourth round against Sakari, someone she's beaten so regularly recently. Um, I also think that Azarenka's got a good draw here. And I think that with Rabakina, she's never been past the third round, I believe, at the US Open. Last year, there wasn't great preparation. She talked about the fact that after Wimbledon, she wasn't able to train as she wanted to and get the hard court practice under her belt. So I would say Marta Kostic's a hard draw and uh, Serona Cristea on her day, uh, you do not want to see her in your section because she's a bit of a giant killer. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion for Rabakina making the semifinals here. And um, I think there'll be some surprise packages in this section. And you talk about giant killers. You've also got Aya Tomjanovic in there. I think she's uh, entered the US Open on a protected ranking. She's been off the off the tour for a while, I think, due to injury. But you know, last time she was here, she defeated um, Serena, Serena Williams and, and sent her into. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So um, again, it's it's not an easy draw, isn't it for for Rabakina? Despite having like so much hopes for her, I just hope she's just like injury free and she's able to be at 100% because I do think the the back-to-back nature of the the Masters we've just had in, in Canada and Cincinnati, if there is one player it's probably taken its toll on the most, it feels like it's Elena Rabakina. Yeah, definitely. It's been super tough. And one thing I did want to say I thought was particularly nice about the wildcards this year is that one wildcard went to Fiona Ferrer, who's obviously had a very tough time um, of late. The uh, to make kind of an understatement there. So I think it's great that she's working her way back onto the tour. She was a player with phenomenal talent. So um, I think that Azarenka um, Ferrer match could be particularly interesting. Um, and I think it would be good to see what she can do on a big stage again. And Kim, is Sara Sribes, Tormo, Annalina, Canalina, is that going three sets for three hours in Searing Heat? I hope so. I'll be disappointed <laughs> if it doesn't. <laughs> um, let's look at the last part of the draw, well, the second half. Um, and we've got JPEG in this section. So fresh off the back of a Masters 1000 title. Um, she is the top seed in this section. And she's got a tough opener, I think. Georgie round one. Camilla Georgie on her day. You know, she's also a former Masters 1000 champion. That that could be, could, could that be an upset? Or do you think JPEG's, you know, going to uh, rein it in or, or do you think she'll be feeling kind of any more pressure than normal i can see how people think that could be an upset but i don't i get the feeling with jessica pegula her identity at grand slams has never been like shock exit round one like regardless of the opponents like she has faced so although i can kind of understand where that's coming from i still feel like jessica pegula will come through that given the form she showed you know winning winning in canada as well um, I do genuinely think like every Grand Slam for her, it's like I've got a point to prove here and, and it's that point that I can mix it with the very best. And I think this US Open is no different and there's just going to be big focus, I think, on that doubles team of, of Coco Goff 
and Jessie Pagula. And uh, yeah, I think I think she's got a good chance here. And I, I don't think Georgie, Georgie might pose her a few problems, but I certainly feel like Pagula will come through that. I feel like further on in, in her section of the draw, she could have Svitolina third round, uh, Madison Keys or Ludmilla Samsonova yeah. also lurking. I mean, Samsonova also in great form of late. So, um yeah, it's not the easiest of draws, but I think, like I know what you're saying, she she's she is fairly consistent at slams, um, and her trouble has always been getting that that you know getting that extra notch to kind of defeat the top top players um, at the big big stages. Um, we've also got Caroline Garcia in this section, but she's been out for. I don't think quite we're going to have Caroline while. Garcia for Larry for very long, well, Kim. I'm sorry <sighs> to say. Can we just do a quick check in? Where are we at with the Renaissance? This wasn't part of the prophecy. She was supposed well, to she's just doing keep all going right. up. She is doing all right in Cleveland, but it's a two fifty, and apparently, yeah, she's I know. Already, I'm not. She's already played. I'm trying to give cause for optimism here for Kim, but yeah. Have, yeah. We, have we gone back to the Middle Ages? Maybe. Yeah, um, we need to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We need another. We need, to, uh, we need a new I, I though, I I'm really hoping though we do get. Uh, we could get a rematch of what went down in in Birmingham, which we were there for in uh, Billy Jean King. Sorry, in, sorry, I say Birmingham, Coventry I did fly in the Midlands. Into Birmingham. Maybe your confusion is there. <laughs> um, but we could get Katie Balter, Caroline Garcia in a repeat um, of that in round two, which I would more than. I would love to go. I would love to see them lock horns again. I, I, I thought that was such a fantastic match you watched in Coventry. So I'd like to see that happen. And I have no doubt we could see that happen. But yeah, I feel like Garcia's not been on the greatest run of form lately. I also feel like we're not talking about the Wimbledon champion. I was going to say, I was going to say what about the Wimbledon champion? That's what I was going to interrupt Kim that's, with. Kim, that's what happens. You know, we saw it with Elena Rabakina. We're seeing it. We're going to see it with Marquette von Drusseva. We're going to, we're going to see her put, be put out on... Court day 11, one. day one, oh, 11 a.m. I mean, scheduling-wise, um, they probably would put Andrescu in a better spot and Lena Fernandez mm, versus yeah. Alexandrova. Mm. I think she might struggle for scheduling. Well, it is a good point, actually, because, you know, we have genuinely been here with Rebecca um, as Wimbledon champion. Are we going to be repeating those same mistakes? Because Rebecca was very vocal about the fact that she didn't feel like she was being treated like a Grand Slam champion. And arguably, Marketa von Drusseva is in a similar position in terms of there's not really going to be the, probably that many people in the crowds coming down for the day for the tennis and being like and realizing, oh my god, there's a you know the Wimbledon Grand Slam champion is here. So um yeah, but actually interesting to see how they do treat her. Um, she's in the car from the park. Organizer point you know, of view. If we yeah. have a few car park matches for um, previous <laughs> sort of slam, she, be, she get top billing. Yeah, I mean I don't think she's going to get a night session off the bat. That's for sure against a qualifier, but. In terms of like her preparation for this, I think she has had a be- better preparation and shown some better form. Um, it hasn't been a complete drop off. Uh, whereas I think for uh, Rabakina, it really was a struggle to get the time on court because um, that was a bit more of a, su- a surprise victory um, in, in some senses. Um, whereas I think Marquetta has been very grounded. She's been back on the tour, plugging away again. So um, I think she's got a pretty good draw. And I think if she were to see the draw and see that she got Caroline Garcia, I think she'd think, you know what, I've got some good chances here. So I'm not sure that it would be particularly wise to bet against her. And I think hopefully we break that run, you know, where we get a Wimbledon champion who doesn't show up at the US Open. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see her do well. We've also, you mentioned Andrescu in this section of the draw, also former champion. She could face Leila Fernandez second round, former finalist. So perhaps a tasty early round. Svitolina, we haven't mentioned, I've just seen. 
Svislina, yeah, she's got a decent looking draw until she final, meets semi final. Is this win? No, final. She'll win Australia. That was how it works. She, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's she's had good memories at the US Open in the past. Semi final um, before, yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, she's so great form in Wimbledon, and uh, I'd love to see could potentially face Pagula in round three. I think that would be a great. Real was a great, great match uh, when they played. Um, was it Washington? They played. That was a great match. Mm, yeah. So um, yeah, I'd love to see that. Let's look at the last quarter. Here we've got Arena Sabalenka as the second seed, and also on Shabor as the uh, fifth seed. I feel like these two are the sort of standout uh, players in this Kim. section. Kim, if we were saying the draw was sort of red carpet worthy for Novak Djokovic to the final. I think there's arguments to say the red carpet treatment is also out for Arena Sabalenka. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would somewhat agree. I don't think there's anyone that's particularly going to challenge. I mean, she could play Jodie Burridge in the second round if if Jody gets through. Um, she could potentially face a Kazakina or um, we've got Sophia Kennan in her sort of section. Venus that would be Williams. Maybe like the fourth round. Venus Williams has got a wild card. She's playing Paola Badosa first round. That's is an Paola interesting. Is Paola Badosa uh, still technically a tennis player? Is my question, or is she? Or is she Instagram? Instagram. In in, yeah, Instagram other half. <laughs> hey, Badosa yeah. can be both. Well, apparently, well, you can be both in that way, but you can't be both a singles player and a doubles player for Joel. <laughs> <laughs> We also have Kaya Kanepi against Barbora Stritzkova. I thought she retired. She retired. She retired three times now. She came back from retirement. Yeah, I thought Wimbledon was her last one. And then she came back again. Oh, Oh, since Wimbledon. Why did she make up her mind? (laughs) Goodness. Maybe Um, this is the last one. Well, we'll see. Um, and I mean, I am curious to see how, what Sophia Kennan does, given that she got to the third round of Wimbledon and she's actually got a decent draw, I would say. I mean, just on the topic of on Zubor, you know, she has suffered that heartbreak um, at Wimbledon. Do you think that's going to like motivate her? Is she going to be like woman on the mission here? Um, because she does have Sabalenka in her quarter and they faced off against each other in, in Wimbledon when Yabor won to get to the final. Sabalenka defeated Yabor, um, I think, in Cincinnati. Um, do you think they're going to have a, like a, a trilogy trilogy fight, uh, trilogy fight match-off in their quarter, do you think? I really don't, I'm afraid. I think... Oh, okay. I think the, I, the more I reflect on the way that kind of Anshabur sort of reacted towards being in that final after the final... I just think it was so strange, the idea that this was like um, her destiny and that everybody kind of thought that it was hers and wanted her to win it in that way. And I and I think she needs to kind of reframe what she's doing here because nothing will ever be handed to you. Um, and I'm sure she understood that in her career that she had to work so hard to get there. And I think that Wimbledon final was a very weird one that, you know, it's almost like if you get nominated for an Oscar once, you'll win it the second time. Um, and it doesn't work like that because it is about playing the best tennis on the day. So... I do think there's some scar tissue there. I think there was some scar tissue from the final um, the previous year and then also making the final at the US Open afterwards. So um, her and Casper have been in kind of the same boat in many ways of kind of always the the runner up. But I, I don't think she's going to make a deep run here because um, I think it's just... Who's going to take her out? I can see her going out in the first round. I can see... Um, I could see the third round exit to someone like Bushkova um, or Martik. Or, I mean, Maria's playing well. I just think it's going to be a bit of an odd result here, but I'm not trying to be a hater. I just think that 
there's a lot of things going on for her in terms of she talked about the fact that she was going to take it um, a year out after last year's final to maybe have a baby. And then every single slam, the pressure's ramping up for her to get a result before she takes a career break. Um, and I think that's really hard to deal with. Well, on that note, we've explored the women's draw at somewhat um, so, some sort of depth, um, and I mean the it's it's always I would say you know less predictable than than the men's draw. But we have to come up with some predictions. You know, we'll do our best to avoid that slam spoon of shame. I know, Chris, you are absolutely desperate not to have it again after you predicted Coco Goff to win Wimbledon. Um, <laughs> sorry to remind you it's, again. Well, I I stand by it. <laughs> so let's see what we've got. Let's go quarter by quarter again. Um, let's go quarter one. Chris, who have you got? Um, unsurprisingly, I think we might all have this. I've gone for Shreya Tech versus Goff. Yeah, I've also got that as well. Joel, are you um, three out of three on that? Yeah, three yeah. out of three on that. Sean Tech <laughs> versus Goff. Uh, what about quarter two, Chris? Um, I've gone for Azarenka Stevens. I've gone for a repeat oh, of what was it, the Australian Open in... What year was that? Like deluded. Yeah, I'm really gone. Absolutely deluded. No, 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 That's no. quite old school. Um, I'm I'm liking that. I've gone for Rabakina against Mukova. And Joel, I've also gone for Rabakina versus. I'm going I'm to need to spice these up, lads. Please come on. <laughs> they too predictable. Okay, quarter three, Chris. Oh, actually, I've just gone with the seeding. <laughs> you I have put way too I've much spice on this one. That's the seeding. You were just having a go at her for not continuing the renaissance but she's in your quarterfinal why not um, i'd like to see it uh joel i've gone von drusova svitolina i think svitolina is gonna upset jpeg get to the get to a quarter with von drusova i've gone for bianca andrescu against Wait, wow. well apart from the fact that she was in the draw <laughs> better see a better show court or something um than von Drusva. yeah i just feel like you know former champion she played well against jabora at wimbledon before the rain delay and uh, i was quite impressed there so maybe uh call to four chris uh, i'm just gonna have to completely go back on what i just said um i just realized that i've changed my mind like joel did for the men's i put jabora here but i don't believe that's gonna happen at all i thought she might go out earlier but who, i can't put anyone else there now so um there's no one else in the absence There's of another no option, Jabor <laughs> uh, Sabalenka. Okay, Joel? Yep, yeah, I'm going Jabor Sabalenka as well. Oh, I've gone for um, Maria Buzkova I believe, I believe that. Serena Sabalenka. Yes, I, can I I'm, do I'm, that? I'm confused. I feel like, Marie. yeah, you you two, you're, you're, I feel like you need to swap around what, column, you, what you predicted. Can I take your prediction, yeah. please? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't get out of it that easily. So, um, Chris, who have you got in your semis final champion? Once or twice a year, I put Stevens in a semi at a slam. I've done it again. Um, and she's going to play against Iga. Um, she's not going to get the better of her, though. And then... I've gone for Pagula Sabalenka because I do think Pagula is playing pretty solid. This could be the breakthrough. Um, but then I think that her record against Sabalenka isn't great. So I've gone for a 1v2 and I've gone for a number two winning. I've gone for Sabalenka taking it. Um, mm, I just think okay. she hit so big at the US Open. And if yeah. she gets the semifinals last year without a serve, imagine what she can do this year. That is true. And now she's already won a slam, so she'll have that sort of belief that she can do it. Um, Joel, what about your what about your semis finals champion? Uh, I've gone Goff, Rabakina, Svitolina, Sabalenka. And in my final, no Iga Sviontek anywhere in sight. I've got Coco Goff, Arena Sabalenka. And I'm doing a Chris here. <laughs> Listeners might hate it uh, and they can they can hate me for it. I've got Coco Goff 
as US Open Ladies Singles Champion. Oh, well, maybe we'll be giving I, you the slam. I honestly can't shame. believe maybe how won't. you jumped on this bandwagon, Joel. I honestly can't. You you were <laughs> laughing at me for predicting she could win. And I remember I Naomi Cavaday said to us when we interviewed her that she also thought that Goff might win Wimbledon. So maybe she's a great pundit, I think. So maybe mm. you're following in two great footsteps. I feel like you were too too ahead of the curve and now i'm hitting mainstream I can spot and going along and with the summer just, of coco you can just follow what other people say i can just bandwagon, bandwagon. i'll just bandwagon it i was gonna bring up the bandwagon um idea well, <laughs> well I, love gone for... I love golf though so if she does win I, I, listeners i will be, <laughs> be happy. happy yeah yeah exactly i've gone for shiontek against rebecca and then andrescu sabalenka um, but I've gone quite boring, I think, with my final. I've just gone for Sviontek Zabalenka. Oh, same as you, Chris. Um, I just called you boring. Um, boring. I mean, that is boring. I mean, but I'll I mean it's, it. it's the top two C's, isn't it? Um, and I've gone for Eager winning. So I, I've gone, yeah, quite standard in my predictions for both the men's and the women's, except for Andrescu. She's my rogue out of the lot. But how rogue is a former champion? Mm. I don't know. Um, At least we've gone for someone different. Go. That's all that matters. We aren't that boring as a collective. No, I hope not. Talking about collecting and collectives, we do have the collector set uh, nominees or um, players, player picks, I guess, to, to announce. So um, for those of you listeners who have played before, hopefully you'll be pleased to know it's back. Um, and we will be giving you three male players and three female players. And we need you to pick which round do you think they are going to reach in the US Open draw? So if you've never played this before, you just have to, um, once we've given you the names, just maybe have a look at the draws or maybe don't and just um, tell us help. which round you think <laughs> <laughs> which round you think they're going to reach. And if you think they're going to be, if getting to the final, you need to tell us if they're going to be a champion or the runner-up. So um, the prize is very exciting. It's an exclusive Tennis Weekly mug. So perfect for sitting on the sofa watching tennis having a nice brew um but we well i think we're ready to announce who the player mm. picks are so um joel would you like to do the honors for our three male player picks right drum roll please um yes the male picks for collector set at the us open this year are carlos alcaraz stefanos sissipas and tommy paul and Chris, would you like to reveal our three female player picks? Well, we've got Marketa Vondrusova, Karolina Mukova, and Caroline Wojniacki. So there we have it. We've got Carlos Alcaraz, Stefanos Sitsipas, Tommy Paul, Marketa Vondrusova, Karolina Mukova, and Caroline Wozniacki. So um, the deadline for getting your predictions in is the start of play at, at the US Open on Monday. So that's kind of Monday usually midday UK time. Um, you can tweet your predictions to us. You can uh, message us on Facebook. You can email us. You can message us on Instagram. Um, you can submit it through the website. However you want to get in contact, we are on all those channels. So please get in touch. We will be revealing our picks in our first round catch up next week. Yes, it's going to be very exciting affair. The final major of the season is here and as always tennis weekly will be doing round by round coverage over the next two weeks but for now listeners i hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of the tennis weekly podcast and remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date 
on all the action to come from Flushing Meadows at the US Open. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all major podcasting platforms out there. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media or email the show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube at Tennis Weekly Pod. You can also purchase Tennis Weekly merch at etsy.com slash shop slash Tennis Weekly Podcast. So do check out um, our new exclusive merchandise on there. Uh, you can also email the show tennisweeklypod at gmail.com or check out our website tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Tuesday at Tennis Weekly HQ for our round one US Open catch-up sponsored by AG1. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.